Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. and preachers are depicted in movies if you want a really good example of that Bible believers and especially preachers are almost always portrayed as as being simple-minded weak silly uninformed hypocritical or just downright evil and none of us wants to be seen that way or treated that way by the larger society Jesus however tells us that that's what we should expect from the world around us. In today's message, Pastor Robert will remind you about how entertainment often portrays Christians. In movies, TV, and secular music, Christians are made to look inferior in some way to the other characters present. This is because the Bible tells us that the world will hate Christians just as it hated Christ himself. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 5 as he begins his message, Reviled with Christ. Today I want to dig deeper into uh, Jesus' statements about persecution here in Matthew chapter 5 because he takes it further than simply saying we're blessed when we face persecution. In Matthew 5.11, he said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, for those of you who are note takers and you know, you're students of the scriptures, I'm going to give you three things from this. Um, First, Jesus tells us just a little of what to expect from our enemy. He says that those who revile Christ are going to revile you. Now, that isn't a word we use very often today. I don't think I've ever used the word revile in a sentence other than, you know, like reading it from the Bible. But the idea is that people are going to insult you. They're going to say bad things about you. They're going to treat you with contempt. They're going to ridicule you and make fun of you. You know, just watch the way pastors and preachers are depicted in movies, if you want a really good example of that. Bible believers and especially preachers are almost always portrayed as, as being simple-minded, weak, silly, uninformed, hypocritical, or just downright evil. And none of us wants to be seen that way or treated that way by the larger society. Jesus, however, tells us that that's what we should expect from the world around us. Why? Because they treated him that way. And he says, if they treated me that way, you can expect that they're going to treat you that way as well if you're being transformed into his likeness. The more like Jesus you become, the more disdainfully you'll be treated by the people who reject him. And again, he attaches blessing to that kind of negative treatment. 
The second thing I want to point out is that he says we'll experience that kind of ridicule and reviling, that sort of mistreatment for his sake. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So this is predictive as well, right? It's prophetic in a sense. It's, he's telling us that they will say all kinds of evil against us falsely. They're going to make stuff up about you. They're going to lie about you for his sake. In Luke chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus confronted three towns in the Galilee region who largely rejected him. He said, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. You see what he's saying? As he pronounces this judgment on these cities, he then turns to his disciples. He then turns to his students and he says, if they listen to me, they'll listen to you. And if they reject you, they're actually rejecting me. And it's something that you and I need to be aware of, we need to hold on to, that people will reject him by rejecting us. They will ridicule Jesus and despise Jesus by despising us. And like we talked about last week, let's just make sure that that's actually the reason, that it's not just because we're being foolish. But he says that basically, th those who love pleasure and reject God will also reject those who follow Jesus because your identity will be connected to him. Do you understand the point that I'm making? He's, he's rejecting and ridiculing Jesus, so he comes after us. It's, it's really not me as a human being that he's upset with. It's God that he's up to. God that he says he doesn't believe in really is the one he's... There's a reason that there are reliable laws. There's a reason that there are laws of physics and, and, and the fact that the sun comes up and that these things are predictable and consistent and, you know, absolute, reliable. It's because there is a designer and the existence of a designer, the existence of a lawgiver implies the possibility that there might be higher laws which could supersede the natural laws of which we're currently aware, supernatural laws and a supernatural lawgiver imposes upon the nature that he designed those higher laws from time to time. But going back to Matthew chapter 5 in verse 12, Jesus said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, this exhortation to, to rejoice and, and be exceedingly glad, you know, I mean, it's, it's striking. And I mean, it, it goes from, you know, like, like 
being offensive on the one hand, if you're in the middle of something, you know, just literally just before this service, I'm texting back and forth with another pastor who's just going through a horrible, difficult personal trial. And right now I have several friends, you know, and at least a couple of pastors who are going through these kind of just life-changing, tormenting personal times of difficulty, times of trial. And, and this kind of thing is rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, when somebody's going through a, a horrible time of trial, a horrible time of persecution, rejoice and be exceedingly glad is not exactly what they want to hear in that moment. You know what I mean? That's not the kind of counsel that I would advocate giving in, in the moment of horrible circumstances. And yet that's, that's what Jesus does here. Because our natural tendency to be fearful and resentful and sad in the face of persecution and trial and negative treatment, Jesus tells us that it's an inappropriate response. I would even say it's an ignorant response, meaning that we're missing something. We don't, we don't really understand. He calls it blessing. We call it tribulation. So what are we missing? There's a disconnect. Can you see that? If God says what you call bad and difficult and distressing, I call blessing? I say you should rejoice and be exceedingly glad, then there's a piece missing in your understanding. Jesus says that the wiser and more appropriate response to persecution and difficulty for the Christian is to rejoice. And not just to be happy, he says be exceedingly glad. Why? Well, because there is more to the story. There is a bigger picture. There is a super nature, a supernatural lawgiver. In 1 Corinthians 15, 12, the apostle Paul wrote, now if Christ has preached that he's been raised from the dead, how does some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith also is empty. We're so glad you joined us today on Main Thing Radio. It's our hope and prayer that you were touched by what you just heard. Before our time is up today, Pastor Robert would like to share a great testimony of how God is working through this ministry. You know, not, not long ago, we got a really cool letter. Actually, I guess it has been a while now, maybe a, maybe a year or more, but we got this really cool letter from a lady named Desiree who was listening to our program from within uh, a maximum security prison up in Georgia. And uh, she realized, she heard on one of the programs that I'm from Georgia, so she reached out. She was all excited that she had, you know, just some sort of common ground with this guy she was listening to on the radio teaching the Bible every day. And uh, she asked if, if it might be possible for us to send her some 
Bible study material, something other than, she said, I don't want workbook stuff. I don't want the fluff stuff. I, I want things that will really, some tools that will help me study the Word of God for myself. I, she said, for the first time in my life, I want to do it. I have time to do it. So we did that. We sent some books. We sent some, some Bibles for some of the other ladies there because they then asked for that, and they started a little Bible study group, and, and God was just using that little 15-minute main thing radio broadcast every day inside that prison. Wow, what a great testimony. If you'd like to share your story, please visit MainThingRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio.